I'm Steve, one of the leaders in church, and I want to really welcome you this morning, especially if you're new to church. Um, today we end our series on the journey. I don't know whether that's a yoop, a, a whoop, or a uh, um, but um, I've really enjoyed this series. Um, life has often been called a journey, and um, Christian life has been perhaps summed up as a journey with God to know more of God. Um, Eugene Peterson, the um, author of the message translation of the Bible, um, described Christian discipleship not as giving your life to Jesus and that's it, but as discipleship as a long journey of obedience in the same direction. Something that goes on and on. There's perseverance that's required. In fact, in life, very few things in life come without perseverance. You might think it's easy for, for talented people to succeed, but actually all talented people have considerable um, setbacks. Einstein had huge setbacks in his life. Michael Jordan, the basketball player. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey was, uh, um, had setbacks. Walt Disney had setbacks. So Oprah Winfrey, she was um, demoted in her job as a news anchor because she wasn't fit for television and then went on to do amazing things, some perseverance required. Walt Disney was um, fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination and having no original ideas. Can you imagine it? You know, astonishing. So many things that we need perseverance. Learning to ride a bike, driving a car, performing well in your job, building deep friendships with people. They come, those things come through hard times and the good times. Depth and riches comes through perseverance. Life and people will knock us down and back. That's life. So my subject today is perseverance. But there are three points that I want to bring to you. Um, one is certain hope. Second one is how to keep running. And the third is fix your eyes on Jesus. So let's read from the passage today from the Bible, the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 12. <clears throat> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It is so easy to lose heart, to give up. 
At the start of this series, I started this series, there were two things I spoke about that would cause us to lose heart. One was suffering that Emma spoke so well about a few weeks ago. The other was stumbling. And at the start of the well-being group um, that Andrea and I have the privilege of leading, we often do an icebreaker and we try to describe ourselves with three words. And I rather jokingly say, I say something like this, I say, young, tall and sorted. None of those true. So, and I come this morning not as someone who is sorted, The reality is that a few weeks after my talk that I gave at the beginning of this series, I was under pressure from every single walk of life. And in that, I said some things that I deeply regretted, that were hurtful, that were unloving, unhelpful. And for two weeks, I lost heart. I was still doing things, the things that I should do, but I lost heart. And if you're there this morning, you know... It's hard, and there are no quick, easy answers to where, if you're in that place. But I want to bring a few things this morning that can help us to persevere. One is certain hope. You know, as Christians, by hope, we don't just mean some wishful thinking that maybe this will happen or not. Um... We think of a certain hope. The Christian leader, John Mark Comer, defines hope as an expectation of good based on the promises and character of God. An expectation of good based on the character and promises of God. In order to run this race with perseverance, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus He did what God asked of him. He died upon the cross. He rose again. He is victorious. The certainty of that resurrection brings a certain hope into our lives as Christians that is way beyond wishful thinking that many people have that keeps them going. We can have something sure and certain to hang on to. An expectation of coming good can help us to keep going when we lose heart, when things are difficult, to be sure life will be difficult at times, and we will need to persevere. And our reading started with, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the therefore links back to chapter 11. The previous chapter, a long, there was a long list of Jewish or Hebrew people who persevered on that journey with God to know more of God. And we've been looking at some of their stories in this series. Abraham, who stepped out because God told him to, into his, out of his comfort zone, to somewhere he didn't know, and he experienced something of God. Yes, not all his questions and his thing, all the promises were revealed in his life, but he experienced God. Esther, was, Queen Esther, was called to step out in faith and take huge risk, and she was she saw God move in her life. God saved her and her people. And then there are others at the end of Hebrews 11 who struggled. 
and not everything was sorted. But they were commended by God for their perseverance. The great cloud of witnesses. They are now cheering us on. They are in the stadium round us and looking at us as we run in today's world. Will we run well? Will we keep going? They're saying, come on, God is alive. God is living. There is a certain hope. Keep going. It's worth it. But as well as the chapter 11 great cloud of witnesses, we've had 2,000 years of Christians who would say, Come on, people, God is alive. They're witnesses saying, come on, come on. And even today, a third of the whole world in some way would claim to be Christians of some shape or form. Millions of people have experienced God in transformational ways. I love the story of Blaise Pascal. I know I've said that before here, but I just love it. The brilliant scientist, mathematician of the 17th century, the inventor of the first mechanical calculator, naming the Pascal's triangle, naming a unit of pressure. In my world as an engineer for Rolls-Royce and a material scientist, we define material properties by usually by megapascals, 10 to the 6 pascals, a pascal being a newton per square metre. I've geeked you out now. Stress is measured in newtons per square metre or pascals. I expect Nev or um, Jeff would know all about that. But, you know, that heat... Anyway, enough about him. In, in, in the early part of my life, early part of Pascal's life, he believed in God. Yes, he did. And he spent most of his time on his science. Suddenly, all that changed. And he gave his money to the poor and used his time serving the poor and arguing for the case of God. When Pascal died, they found within his coat a poem that he'd written about an experience of God. He called it Night's Fire. It is thought that this experience of the presence of God, the night fire, was what transformed his life. And he kept this poem sewn into the cloak right next to his breast pocket, close to his heart, that he might remember that as he was out there serving the poor. This is what, some of what he wrote. Year of Grace, 1654, November 23rd, from about half past ten at night until half past midnight. Fire, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not the God of the philosophers or of the learned. Certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace, God of Jesus Christ, my God and your God. He goes on, joy, 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 tears of joy. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, never let me be separated from him on earth. I started this series from Psalm 84. Better is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. And I spoke of some of my own personal experiences of God and wanting more of him. 
A few years ago, my Bible verse for the year, I decided, was Psalm 116, verse 1. In fact, the whole psalm summed up my year. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he inclined his ear towards me, I will call upon him all my days. Three times in that year I'd felt God's voice or see him moved as I really needed him to. One of these was this, just briefly. God had been speaking to me in a particular way for a number of years. I'd suddenly, you know, I'd suddenly hear these words in my brain. And, and it was happening reasonably often. And I was thinking, oh, it's just a pro- perhaps... It isn't God. Perhaps it's just a product of my brain thoughts. So I was asking God, please speak. If that's you, speak again, but in a slightly different way. I need to know. And I remember that moment of difficulty, crying out to God for God to change the situation. And much to my surprise, I suddenly heard these words fresh words new words saying exactly the same thing but but um in in a different way that helped me massively in that situation and i knew that god was god he'd heard my cry of psalm 116 to persevere we need to hold on to certain hope that we have in Jesus. Blaise Pascal was blessed with a mind way beyond the people, most people of his time. And yet he held that record close to his heart. And so it's been my practice to once a week to think about Psalm 116 and to remember that amongst other things, of that experience, that year, those times that God spoke into me, that helps me to have that faith and helps me to keep going on and on and persevere. That was the first point, certain hope. I wonder, most of you, I'm sure, have had those times with God. Each of us has a different fingerprint of God on our lives, don't we? I hope. But do we remember those? How do we make that the point with which we traverse from, or that we work from? And my second point is how to persevere or how to keep running. Quite a big ball and chain there. It looks very negative. But, um, you know, we, um, you know, for many of us, to keep running is difficult. All we can do is to walk we're easily distracted or stop or get stuck or go backwards. I love the poem that someone wrote about this series that's on our website. I want to briefly mention a few things that can enable us to keep walking, keep running. Because they're in this passage. Throw off everything that hinders. I remember as a child being absolutely amazed that the greatest composer, probably Uh, Beethoven um, wrote his best music in the second half of his life when he was deaf how did he do it one of the main theories is that 
It was because he wasn't listening to everyone else's music that he could compose his own music. And so there was something fresh that came out that he had focused on. In our society, sometimes we are so distracted by everyone else's music. The noise of the media, the culture, we're swept along by it and we're unable to hear God and know Jesus as he really is. The writer Andrew Sullivan wrote uh, in Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, quoted, the reason we live in a culture increasingly without faith is not because science has somehow disproved the unprovable, but because the white noise of sacralism, the media and so on, has removed the very stillness in which it might endure or be reborn. If the churches came to understand that the greatest threat to faith today is not hedonism, go out and enjoy yourself because this is all, what, all you have, but distraction. Perhaps they might then appeal to a new, a new to a frazzled digital generation. We need to find that place of quiet and reflection. So in the summer we did a series about how to hear God based on the book by Pete Gregg. Distraction. Sin. We look briefly at that in the wisdom of the Old Testament book. Chapter 4. Guard the heart for it is the wellspring of life. You see it's not just about what we do. You know, did we steal or not? But actually our hearts, our desires, what's going on there? Sometimes our emotional reactions are telling us something about our heart's desires. What, what we really want. And we need to find time to reflect on that. The ancient practice of the examen is a wonderful way to do that. And one form of that is the Bible app, the Bible 365 app, that in the evening looks at that. And then if you notice, it, um, it says, let us, we're going to need to run together. Esther quoted the African proverb, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. The trouble is that if then we're with other humans, they will upset us. And we will upset other people. There's a need for forgiveness. Um, but in that forgiveness, I'm not suggesting that you allow abuse. I'm suggesting we need to forgive one another. To run together, we will need a bucket load of love in order to cover over a multitude of sins. Esther, Queen Esther, there was a race that was marked out for her. She had something specific to do. Sometimes we get stuck because we don't know what to do. But what we need to do is love God, love other people, and with, with the talents and desires and passions that we have got to go and do the best we can. So if we're going to persevere, we need to keep hold of that certain hope of God. Where have we seen God move in our lives? We need to run with perseverance. And thirdly, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. 
fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose hearts. See, even there, there's a journey image. It's a bit like this. It's a bit like you're in the jungle and you can't get out. You're injured and hurt and lost. And one of your party is the pioneer. He has the machete or she has the machete and cuts away through the forest and, is, and goes all the way out and gets help. That's a picture of Jesus here, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He has gone before us. Humanity is lost and injured and in a jungle. Jesus is our perfecter and our pioneer. He is the solution to humanity's problems. He has gone before us. He's got all the way out there and he is seated in heaven and one day everything is going to be put right. Why fix your eyes on Jesus? There are so many reasons why we should do that in my view. Earlier in the year, we looked at recapture the wonder. Jesus, there is nobody like him. None can compare like Jesus. He is the pioneer. If wisdom is the way to do life, he told us how to do life. Jesus' wisdom is way above any other. If you look at it in, in the Gospels, they were amazed at his teaching and his teaching has shaped history for 2,000 years. And even today, the good bits of our society are built on his teaching. Forgiveness, caring for the struggling, humility, integrity, peace, real love. And we often said that Jesus is the rock in our troubles. But actually, I think he's the rock in the good times. He makes the good times as well. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the example. He lived an immortal life. No one has ever lived a life like Jesus. Love. Compassion. For all, yet seeking change of society for good. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is the pioneer of our faith. Not just to say, oh, this is what you need to do. Go and do it. But how to do it? If we're going to live the life of Jesus, we will need to do the practices of Jesus. We'll need to do what he did. He prayed. He had habits and so on that we kind of looked at on this journey series. Ultimately, everything was about that connection with Father God. Life is not meant to be about for God. Yes, it is. But it's meant to be with God. Such a way more exciting prospect and how to do stuff than just a grudging for God. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He understands our pain. No religion, no God, no philosophy other than Jesus has suffered like Jesus. He understands. 
Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He can transform our lives like no other and give us strength for the journey. 2,000 years tells us that, that Jesus is in that business. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He loves you like no other. It wasn't the nails that held him to the cross, but love. He chose it. He chose the cross from the dawn of time and came. And it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross because he wanted you and I to know and experience that love. That's what drove him. That's what kept him going. He saw and wanted you and I. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. The world, politicians, people, people will let you down, to be sure. Church will let you down. Religion will let you down. But Jesus will not. He is faithful. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I know this is a bit of a list. (laughs) Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is a certain hope like no, no other. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is victorious. He is going to put this world right. He is going to make everything right. So church, people this morning, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Now I'm going to pray and then we're going to have a song uh, just to reflect on Jesus a little bit. So I suggest you just sit as we, as we sing. Let's... Let's pray. Lord, forgive us when we get stuck, we fall over. We can't go forward and we lose sight of you, Jesus. Though you've done so many things in our lives. Though you are so amazing. Reveal yourself this morning to us afresh. Amen.